Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Hello to our listeners today. As usual, um, it's the weekend, it's Saturday, and I'm sitting with my colleagues and friends, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And we were just conversing about, um, you know, the COVID and it's still the highest topic of everyone's. And I shared with them that um, I have a friend in another state who is uh, having an event, which is a very important event and has very close family members and um, family friends that would like to put a gathering together. But due to the fact that even though those people were vaccinated, they couldn't really put this event together um, because people are not still comfortable getting to a place that t- even 10, 12 people, they're inside. So I started um, my conversation about that and that the American Psychological Association um, monthly uh, magazine is all about COVID. And I was reading the topic of the um, content to my colleague, Dr. Andrade, and uh, we were just uh, surprised uh, about how much this has affected each other's, everybody's life. But, but then on the other hand, when I shared, uh, we each were sharing that there is no surprise when 500,000 people have passed. So people are concerned, maybe not as concerned as we started to hear about this, but still we are talking about more than 500,000 lives in the United States that um, has been taken because of COVID. So we decided to talk about uh, all of this and change of our culture. So good morning uh, to Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, my friends, and uh, you are on. Good morning, Dr. Malikov Zali, what a pleasure. And yes, it's a good thing to talk about. I think there's a couple things going on in our society that's not to miss. Number one is beliefs change slowly. So your friend is having a hard time getting the group to come together. And I think that's because beliefs change slowly. We've all spent the past year, every single day, hearing about how bad COVID is and how it can cause problems. And it is true, most of the people who get COVID don't get real sick. But the ones who do get sick get very sick, and none of us still want to be there. We don't want to take that chance. I think it's pretty normal that would happen even if they're vaccinated because our beliefs as human beings, and that's as it should be, we don't really want to just flip a switch. And So it's a gradual onset where we've all had to learn this is how you operate, you don't get together, we've heard the past almost 12 months, bad stuff can happen, and then see a lot of numbers on the news and the death toll. So I think that's pretty normal. It's unfortunate, yes, but pretty normal. And there is still the wild cards, right? Still the wild cards are, we don't know about the, I understand the California variant, the Brazil variant, and the South Africa variant. So those, I don't know what the current status of is of uh, of those are. Maybe you guys do, but something to keep in mind. No, absolutely, is, yeah. And I was going to add to that too. This is Dr. Alex Andrade. Um, uh, I was going to say that I think one of the things that's important too is in addition to those beliefs, which uh, as you mentioned, took so long to change to be in that way that we have to adapt and adjust to the world that has COVID. I think there can be that important distinction between our beliefs and how we feel about something. So in hearing that, you know, we're not able to get together, I think it's also normal to feel maybe a little hurt by that, a little offended by that. Um, I think it's tough when we reach out to certain people and we say like, Hey, like, it'd be great if we get together and, you know, this is kind of how we do it. I've, I've found myself recently reaching out to some friends and being like, hey, I'm open to like social distancing coffee or um, doing something in person, but, you know, being respectful of that space and, you know, rationally, logically, and, and I approach it and with the sense of like, I know they can say no, I know they may not feel uh, comfortable that same way that I do, but it still feels a way when we hear like, oh, no, I can't do that or no, I'm not quite at that point yet. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what, 
what's it gonna take? Like, especially if it's like, if we feel as though we're trying to be as safe as we can and just recognizing that there is that, that difference. And it's part, uh, part of it is those beliefs for them are, you know, kind of different. And then I, I think the other piece too, that's tricky is if we hear they're doing something else and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So you went to that other thing or you, you, not just the store, you know, it's like, oh, you said you went to this other event and then I'm hearing, that you can't meet with me for this event, you know? And so uh, again, I think it's, it's hard because there's no fine rules on, okay, I can do this, but I can't do this. And, you know, it'd be nice if we were able to like, you know, give a card to everybody. This is what I'm comfortable with. And this is what I'm not comfortable with. Um, but I think it's still evolving and, and we're going to feel a way about it as well. And could be a I, new business go, prospect go for you, Alex. What was that? This could be a new business prospect for you. The card, this card idea. <laughs> it's like what are you currently this week what are you uh comfortable with socially uh, right. in the what's world of COVID yeah what's your status right now well and I I see the seriousness of the fact that you know all these people um have been losing their lives or we hear new stuff happening in different parts of the world just yesterday I received a clip that uh, was showing a woman in the medical field was talking about how serious this new mutation is and how much we have to be careful. So I totally understand where this idea comes that some people still, even though they're vaccinated, they don't want to get together because you know you, you, we have to respect that. We have to understand that um, people come from different mindset. People are some very much um, more concerned about their health and get together than others. So we have different levels of concern. Some people um, are less concerned. Some people are in the middle and some are very concerned. So I myself have different groups of people who I see that they're in different level of concerns. Um, some, they don't care as much, which you are concerned about them. And there's some that, yes, they're concerned, but they're more logical, you know, as uh, long as, you know, they're vaccinated, they wash their hands, they don't touch their face, they don't go to crowded places. But they sometimes get together in a small gathering and mainly outside. But there's some that they're staying at their homes and they don't even want to meet outside unless there's like two, three people in a big environment open, like in the park, that people are way in distance. And you know what? We have to respect that. I think it's important to give a space to people with their own mindset so that you don't jump in to judge and have your biases come immediately to say, you know, oh, you know, you have been vaccinated. Why are you still so careful? We don't know even being vaccinated what outcome it has if, for example, you um you know, inter, interact with someone, let's say, who has that virus again, you know, you know what I mean? It's just still so many unknowns. Yeah. And that's why people are so careful. And I think that connects to the idea of beliefs too. I mean, some people's beliefs about it. And again, I think it's always important to remember, like how are beliefs built and formed uh, in there by sometimes the information, uh, the environment, uh, others that we interact with. Uh, I think along those lines, it's important to remember, you know, we are influenced by both our community. Uh, this is definitely a state by state kind of uh, um, a situation as well. Um, so, you know, people from different states have probably very different views and feelings about it um, just because of what their, their that response is on that, that, that local level. And so I think it's important to remember, you know, what that is. Um, I've shared a little bit in regards to my um, plans to, to travel in the near future. And it's one of those things where I've had to think a lot about it and, um, you know, kind of attend to, you know, what's going on in those other states, as well as even thinking about how I travel. And it's definitely no, uh, no easy decision in that way. I'm taking various precautions to be as safe and as healthy as I can be. Um, but again, where some people, uh, you know, have I, I know people who've already flown. Um, I know people who've already traveled. Um, 
uh, people who are vacationing. Um, it's something where, you know, uh, for each person, we need to kind of recognize what is that level of comfort. Like for me, I was like, I need to have a direct flight. Like, I don't want to be in some other airport getting on a fin on the plane. The fact that I'm going to even be at the airport in the first place, it's like, I don't want to be you know, transferring two or three flights just, uh, just because of the additional exposure uh, that it, you know, normally you wouldn't even consider or think about. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot that goes into, you know, kind of saying, you know, what do I believe? And, and similarly, what do I believe that I can do comfortably or safely? What there the also, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, there's also a part of belief too, as far as people's experiences. I have some people in my practice who have been essentially have like an acute stress reaction or a traumatic stress type reaction from being some of the early, very sick people with COVID and has affected them so deeply that it's hard to go back to work. And it's not like, oh, I don't want to go back to work. It's like a deeper physiological anxiety reaction. So there is there is those things if people have traumas which we often don't know about or somebody close to them has had a severe, severe reaction then that can affect their belief too and may make them very very shy about well talking about the belief um, i know someone who had covid and it was kind of mild because when i talked to her to see how she's doing she was fine and she was just going through you know the process of the uh, sickness and all that but then the rest of the group of people who know this person, to this day, after months that's, that's passed, that she's uh, recovered and everything, they're afraid to get close to her. And it's just that belief that if someone has this, even though they have antibody, you know, they feel like once they've got sick, I don't want to get close to them. You know what I mean? It's just a sort of biases that we have, or maybe the belief, and you can't really um, put anything on them to say, why do they do that? Or why do they think that way? It's just because the way the mind goes there, you know? Well, it's probably pretty functional. It's This is very similar to attitudes and beliefs about cancer from 50 years ago where people don't talk about it. You don't want to be around such people. You don't want to touch them because you don't know if you're going to get it or not. And you don't know how bad it would be. So it's probably pretty functional as for human beings to have that caution and that concern or that fear about something that is. Sure. So let's have a break and come back to continue our conversation. Shanvandegane Azize Radio Bamdad. من دکتر سعیده ملک افزالی در کنار دوتن از همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی هستیم امروز روز شنبه و به زبان انگلیسی صحبت میکنیم ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر مسائل مختلف روانشناسی و فرهنگی رو که ارتباط به روانشناسی داره با هم صحبت میکنیم و امیدوارم اگر که مطالبی هست که مورد نظرتونه و ترجیح میدیم ما راجع به اونا صحبت بکنین با رادیو بامداد تماس بگیرین که با ما بگن و ما بتونیم راجع به اون مسائل باهاتون صحبت کنیم ما تا کنون در مورد کووید و کرونا ویروس که هممون درگیرش بودیم و هستیم برای یک سال بعضیا واکسن زدن بعضیا هنوز در انتظار واکسن هستن ولی ما راجع به کلن این پدیده واقعا بسیار عجیب صحبت میکنیم که چطور میتونه باورهای ما رو تحت تاثیر قرار بده و چطور ما میتونیم واقعا قبول کنیم که آدم ها در این شرایط باورهای مختلفی دارن و باهاشون کنار بیایم برمیگردیم و دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation about our beliefs, our culture, our perception, and what we went through throughout these COVID and some of the examples that we brought uh, with the situation. Um, I was just um, going through some of the topics of the Psychological Association magazine, and uh, my eyes um, was on something that caught uh, my attention. And that was a picture of a woman holding a sign. It says, I trust my God given immunity system to me. Um, so they're, they're, they believe that this immunity is part of what God's, God has given to them and they're not gonna have vaccination. So, I want to say this is something that also was in the news that psychological interventions tackle, um, you know, misinformation, that psychologists have ramped up efforts to address misinformation, building on years of laboratory and field tests on combating the rumors. So it is true that there are um, this big number of people who are in that mindset. So how do we work with them as a psychologist? Well, I think first thing that comes to mind is a lot of times we have to think why don't, uh, why is it difficult to change beliefs as well as what can solidify beliefs? And one of the first things that comes to mind is the idea of fear. Fear and lack of information lead to people, uh, I think kind of solidifying their their beliefs and, and sometimes resisting. I think it's one of those tricky things where nowadays we can access and resource you know tons of information uh, online through social media, but in a way where rather than being exposed to diverse thoughts, we tend to kind of instead find this uh, continuous and reinforcing uh, views. Um, I find a lot of times people will say, you know, with um, like videos, YouTube, for example, they'll get lost down the rabbit hole and they'll, instead of seeing maybe diverse or a range of different views on a topic, uh, again, the strengthening of one view or belief and sometimes can be uh, taken to the extreme. So I think a lot of times, you know, rather than saying, oh, wait, you know, what, what can help challenge my belief or what can allow me to expand on this belief that I have and see it from multiple perspectives, we tend to say, you know, without realizing it, oh no, I need to, I need to know there's a, there's comfort, there's familiarity in the sense of knowing. And so again, as we strengthen that sense of belief that we have, we feel sometimes more reassured by that, but it's tricky because then it makes it difficult to accept any other views or, or alternative beliefs as well. You're talking about uh, confirmation bias, Alex. Yeah, that's that's one aspect of it, definitely. Yeah, I tend to seek that out. Mm -hmm. I think there's another important aspect, and that is that there is a great number of people who do not genuinely understand how to consume science results. The three of us all have doctorate degrees, and part of the doctorate degrees means we had to engage in research process, and we have to understand what are the possible problems with interpreting the results of our research. And so then we become more sophisticated consumers of science results. We see them presented on the internet. And so I think one of the difficulties is a lot of people do not really genuinely understand how to consume science results. And there, I think by science and scientists, there's a pretty widespread assumption that everybody does. So there's that important thing. And I say that because I've had a couple of patients tell me, oh, well, look at this video about how Walmarts are being converted into these stations that are getting ready for the apocalypse and they're only letting certain people do it. And another one was some other kind of fantastic type of medical research results. And you, when you look at it, you can tell this is not good, valid scientific study. So we don't, often people don't know how to consume science. And I don't mean that as a put down. It's like, hey, you know what? I don't really know how to do bricklaying very well, or I don't know how to do certain kinds of welding very well. I'm not a, I'm not a sophisticated welder. 
It just means that some, it's what we do and not everybody knows how to do that. And if we expect that everybody's gonna know how to do that, we could come up wrong. And the problem that amplifies all of this is that what you said, Alex, that easy access to information on the internet. And it, it comes down to this or some celebrity who said, you know, here's how I learned all this stuff. University of Google type of a thing. There is a lot of information, but we need to be critical thinkers. And there is the illusion that just because you can access some of this, you've got that critical thing. There's a real danger to that, I'd say, uh, in regards to, you know, using that same example, you know, if you don't know how to lay bricks, okay, yeah, your wall's a little crooked. But, you know, one of the things you're not going to do is you're not going to start messing with electricity in your house. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't know much about it, but let me mess with the electrical wire. No, people say, oh, no, this can kill me. And so I think it's one of those things where, you know, the, the level of danger of threat. Uh, and I think sometimes people will minimize the, the danger and threat of their beliefs sometimes, um, especially when it's things that can be projected on others. Uh, hate, discrimination, bias, uh, they have real world effects on people and uh, definitely can be devastating in that way. And so, you know, to look at it as, you know, this is something you know, I, I think it's always good to look at our beliefs and our values, even even the good beliefs and values we have, uh, you know, quote unquote, good beliefs. Uh, we want to know where we got those from, what feeds into those. Uh, it allows us a deeper understanding of ourselves and the opportunity to either expand on those beliefs as well as being able to question some of the other ones that don't uh, maybe conform with how we view ourselves or how we want to be in our life. So it doesn't have to be, you know, you only should uh, examine your beliefs if you're a bad person. Well, nobody's going to do that if that's the case. I think we all need to be open to what our beliefs are and trying to reflect on what feeds into that and, and how it can impact others in the world around us. I think, uh, you know, I want to go back to what um, Dr. Rockers mentioned about, um, you know, people do not know because of lack of knowledge and there's no put down, but it's, uh, you have to experience it, you have to know it to really believe in it. And I guess it's really understanding the other side of the um, line to understand them, why do they really believe in what they believe? This is really, really important because as you said, um, Alex, also, when we don't have knowledge of something, you know, as much as even we hear it, and as much as even we see it, but it's different than experiencing it. If someone is so uh, into the belief that God will give immunity, they're not going to really do the vaccine. I personally had a patient who was, um, uh, in the process of being diagnosed. And part of the diagnosing was that she had to go through certain, um, you know, biopsy and doing certain processes in order to be diagnosed. And I was actually their families um, from both sides um, talked to me um, from her husband's side and her, from her own contacted me and said, you know, we are trying to get her to do the biopsy and go through the process in order for everyone, even the doctors to know what's wrong. And she was so certain that I'm not going to do any biopsy. I'm not going to do anything. If God wants to take my life by even having any kind of disease, I'm ready I'm not going to do anything, any of these biopsy, because if, even in the process of doing biopsy, there was, they always give you some percentage of danger that during biopsy, this might happen, that might happen, you know, as you do anything these days, they put the papers in front of you. And she was so determined, so determined that if God wants to keep her alive, she will be alive and she lives a long life. And if not, then I'm ready. And this is like a person who wasn't, um, you know, even older than uh, 40 something. And so as a result, she actually, after a couple of years that I heard um, from different people that they knew her, she was fine, and there was nothing wrong with her. But it was just out of, you know, maybe 
accident that nothing really happened to her, but she had such a strong belief that she's not going to go through any of these processes due to her belief. So now I understand people who say that my system is immune because God has given me immunity. So there are people who have such a strong belief that we have to understand them. And when you have such a strong belief, then shaking that belief up by anybody, it just probably creates some mental issues for them. Yes, as psychologists or as people who believes in science, we may even have a conversation. We may even bring so many examples, go through so many researches that, you know, they're registered, we know it, but messing up with some people's belief is sometimes very sensitive. Well, it can be, yeah, psychologically it can be dangerous. The famous psychoanalyst Frida Fromm Reichman said, don't remove somebody's defense unless you replace it with something there. Because who knows what could happen, but they could decompensate, dissolve. And so some of those maybe, I kind of suspect that like a, somebody like in that photograph that's standing with that sign that says, it's my God-given right or my God-given immunity. This, there's a certain amount of defiance in there too. And I would suspect other psychological issues going on. So what's the defiance all about? And it's one thing to be defiant at home and say, mm, yeah, I think I'm not going to get the shot or whatever. But it's a whole different level to create a sign and go out and stand in public and in a very determined way and let yourself be photographed. That's a, that's a different level. There's, there's something going on there. I don't know what, but there's something happening. It could be political too. You know, I mean, there are so many things going on at this point that we live in that uh, it could be political. Who knows if that person truly and strongly believes in that sign. I think it, it probably is just a snippet of an idea right now. And we could, probably save it for a whole another conversation, but psychology and religion have not always had a good relationship. Uh, you know, Freud kind of looked at that as a, a coping strategy or kind of a, not really a, a healthy coping strategy, if you will, that's maybe putting it nicely. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things where a lot of times those are hard conversations to have in the sense of when people kind of fall back on their religion and being like, nope, God said this, or nope, God did this. And a lot of times there's, there's not a lot of place to kind of move forward in that conversation. And one of the things that always comes to my mind, and again, not to antagonize a person, but like you said, the person was saying, oh, I don't want that treatment. You know, I'm like, well, what if God made that treatment? And that's why it's there. Like, like you're saying it, like, you know, God's will and that like, he doesn't want you to have this treatment, but what if God made this treatment and wants you to have it, you know? And so again, it's one of those things where people are like, well, no, no, no. And so again, it's tough. Uh, again, that's, it can be a little uh, argumentative at that point, you know, but I think it already speaks to kind of what you guys both said. That person is already maybe pretty, pretty strictly uh, and strongly in that position. So, you know. I like the quote, uh, God made food for the birds, but he does not throw it in the nest. <laughs> That's a very good one. All right. So let's have another break and come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من امروز در کنار دو تن از همکارانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی هستیم و در مورد مسائل روانشناسی و فرهنگی باورها و مسائل روز صحبت میکنیم تا کنون صحبتامون به اینجا رسید که ما چقدر باید واقعا خوشحال باشیم که میتونیم قبول بکنیم بررسی های علمی رو ولی از اون برم باورهای مردم بعضی وقتا انقدر قوی هست راجب اعتقاداتی که خودشون دارن که ما اونها رو هم باید سعی کنیم در نظر داشته باشیم و بفهمیم و وقتی باشون صحبت میکنیم با دلائل به جای اینکه باهاشون بحث بکنیم و برمیگردیم دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we continue our conversation about um, people's belief, psychological work with um, different types of people, and um, also the current situation with COVID, and also the um, belief of different types of people we work with. Um, I was actually reading in um, the Psychological Association magazine that um, some of the virtual classroom offer 14 lessons on topics such as conspiracy theories, misinformation, um, drawing on psychological insights on motivated reasoning, confirmation bias that Dr. Rockers, you mentioned, and cognitive dissonance. So there are so many topics when it comes to this situation that people, whether they want or not, are dealing with. It comes to classroom with um, teachers that they're being uh, creative and bringing current events into their conversation. There's uh, also in our offices and in our encountering with people we work with, so many of this discussion. So the effect of the COVID, it's so strong and so apparent that we, always in pretty much every part of our life are either personally dealing with it or professionally. I think we're, I mean, on the broader sense, we're just looking to understand the world around us. And I think there, I mean, we, we sometimes we go to these extremes to try to make sense. Um, I think it's one of those things, it's always so important to really acknowledge our perspective and, recognize, you know, our life, our experience in the way that, you know, we don't experience, we all don't experience the world in the same way. And just trying to take this broader step back of like, look at, look at what I believe, look at what I feel, look at what I think. And, you know, what, you know, kind of even, you know, talking with others, checking in with others, you know, recognizing, you know, the world around us is not always just how we view it. Um, and I think, again, it goes to this idea of, you know, what feeds into our beliefs about things. Um, and so just being able to, to remind ourselves, because we can get, I, I think along those lines, like conspiracies, we can get so consumed by those things. And it, it is nice to have an answer. I think in a lot of life, we're looking for an explanation. We're looking for an answer. It brings a sense of certainty, a sense of comfort, even a sense of control. Um, a lot of times, we, you know, we don't have the answer. We don't understand. I think we're trying to make sense of it best we can. Uh, but it can definitely be one of those things where if we don't examine and reflect on what's, you know, uh, kind of adding to those beliefs, yeah, we can, we can go all kinds of different ways. It's, it's so tough. I, I always remind people, you know, when we say these things out loud, we can kind of hear ourselves versus if we're just in our head about these things, it, it can feel and sound completely different. So I think it's so valuable to talk with others and to, to, to say these things out loud, recognize, you know, where's this view, where's this belief, where's these feelings coming from? Well, I think when we are little by, um, you know, that, I mean, we pick everything that our parents give us. Mm. It's just like feeding us uh, the food. They feed us ideas. They feed us their beliefs. So we live with that all the way until we get to junior high school. We start being rebellious uh, against some of those beliefs and some of those lifestyle. We get to high school. Um, we question more and then when we are out on our on our own and when we go to college we start really at that time finding ourselves and then we get to a point that become a professional person we have our own job we have our own uh, living um you know um type and um it's during that time that i guess we sort of stabilize our beliefs but probably throughout these experiences, I don't know what age, because it's different for different people, but we, you get to a point that you start questioning your own beliefs. You start questioning whether whatever you've been taught, whatever you've been uh, learned to do, is this the right way to do? Are there other ways that may be better than this? So, I guess it just depends on how open-minded you are and how open personally you are in looking at different things. I know that uh, when you 
converse with different people, true that education maybe or having degrees does don't give you that. But I guess your personal um, being um, provides that attitude um, that they open the doors for you to really start watching carefully what's happening in the world, watching, you know, what you see or you hear from other people around you. Traveling gives you a lot of more options of finding out how other people have different beliefs and different lifestyles. And you start really looking at things differently. Um, But questioning your belief is the first step, I guess, because we can close the doors and live in those boxes that we've been forever, or start opening these boxes and questioning, do we need this? Is this giving me anywhere that is more um, towards not success in the the form of um, the cliche, but giving success in the world of who am I in this world? And where am I going, you know? Here's the question I have. Is it wrong to have a closed mind? Is it wrong? I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong. I think it comes with, and, and kind of to what Saide was saying a minute ago, I think those views, those beliefs can serve us in a kind of closed system or enclosed environment. But then it's until change happens, then they come to question. I, I and, and Daniel, you can definitely jump in. I'm, I'm just reminded as we've talked about like the hero's journey, like a lot of times, you know, in any kind of story or journey, there's a hero, a person who is just living their lives. And a lot of times they're content. Like they're just like, things are okay or things are, you know, just happening. And then something happens. And so there's this internal, this external kind of uh, event that occurs that leads to a change and a disruption and a challenge of one views and beliefs. So uh, along those lines, you know, is a closed mind okay? No, in a closed system, a closed mind works. But what happens in the world is we're going to be confronted with differences and, and changes. I mean, COVID's a great example. Nobody's expected this. They, you know, I kind of jokingly tell people, you know, no one said, hey, if there's a pandemic, this is what I'm going to do. Like nobody contemplated that besides maybe watching like those zombie movies or something like that. But, you know, nobody seriously thought okay, what am I going to do if I have to quarantine in my house? What am I going to do if I can't see my friends and family? It was just so far beyond our thought process that we didn't even contemplate that. And I think that's why, you know, this has been almost on a, on a global level, this shakening. And, and, and I think that's why we see so many people going to these extreme beliefs. I mean, we had the capital being stormed. I mean, you know, you know, five, you know, the year ago or two years ago, we would have never envisioned something like that to that degree, um, including by what party it was as well. I mean, so and again, not to get too much into politics, but I mean, it, the, the world has changed. People's eyes are open, whether they want them to be or not. So yeah, I think it's, it's hard to keep a closed mind, um, even if we tried sometimes. Uh, I'm thinking there's even movies about, um, oh, what was that movie called? Um, it's an M. Night Shalahem movie. Um, I have to come back to it. But it's this like closed system and they're in this community. And it's like back in the 1800s or something like that. And they're, you know, they're content. It's this little like farm life. But then there's one person and, and out of just natural curiosity, what else is out there? You know, so again, that's a great example of that questioning or that change can come from internal or it can be on this global event, something kind of happening as well. And I want to the village. I think that's the name of the movie. Sorry, the village. Oh, and I want to respond to Dan's question. Um, Is it wrong with closed mind? I would then uh, actually bring this um, question actually based on your question that what is the purpose of our life? If the purpose is to come live um, without even, you know, making ourselves a better human being in many aspects, then we can close our mind, do our living the the way we we think is the best and just continue living without even paying attention to anything around us and just close our mind to who we are and what we do ourselves. But I think when you think of whether it's good or bad, I would say if the purpose of life is to acquire and gain knowledge and 
by knowledge, I don't mean like in a cliche way, but understanding and finding out and um, just gain more information to know more people, to know more way of life, to know the better of the way you do things. So of course, in that case, you know that you're making better moves Every time you experience something, one day should be better than your previous day. One year, you should have done something better than your last year. So I definitely believe it goes back to the question that what is the purpose of our life? Why are we here? Um, are we here to just live a certain way of living and then pass? Are we here to actually do something in beautifying our environment, in making somebody else's life better, taking the hands of someone who needs us. We have to question all these things. Are we here for what reason? Am I here for building more houses or making more money and having better life for my kids and my, you know, family? Or am I here to basically focus on betterment of my mental and way of living for just my personal life and humanity. I question that. You, well, I was with you all the way to that last question or a statement of I question you what is it you question I, mean, I, don't... I mean I want to I wanted to go back to questioning the closed mind beliefs. I question that question that you brought. <laughs> okay. You want to I, I was I was gonna jump in with a question too because you guys are asking a lot of questions. So I mean, <laughs> do you have a? Oh, you don't. No, I don't. I really don't oh, have a question. So. <laughs> it was humor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I question. I question that question you made. <laughs> Your question. Well, please don't misinterpret my question as condoning being closed-minded. I the reason I asked that question is because in our Western culture here in the U.S., it's very much about individual rights and individuals' abilities to do what they want as long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else. And I, I don't think that being closed-minded is a good way to fly. I agree with what you're saying and that our objectives are to grow and to gain knowledge and gain skills, but to grow. And I think that being closed-minded really puts the kibosh on being able to grow. At the same time, I think that people should have the right to not grow if they don't want to grow. And it also can be easy to interpret somebody's actions as their, we can misinterpret their actions as not wanting to grow. So if somebody says, well, I don't want to get a treatment for cancer, and that may be not wanting to grow. That may be closed-minded. It may also be that they're tired and they, like if somebody is 99 and they say, you know, I don't think it's dream for, that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, they don't want to grow. I think it means they probably feel like it might be a checkout. I agree. So there's so many things that we have to bring in our perspective, the age, the situation, everything around that uh, closed mind that you mentioned. So yeah, I mean, we just took it. Actually, I was reading about the schemata um, prototype and script that, you know, the situational attribution and the um, um, dispositional attribution, all of that that you're saying goes back to how our mind actually judge everything that we hear or see is like um, we, we are we are actually geared towards making all these judgments. So when you, when you say the closed mind, all of a sudden I'm sure every one of us pictured something about the closed mindness or all the information and network of knowledge that we have gathered came to our mind. But really to understand that person that we call closed mind is also important. Maybe we are just judging. And the level of closed mind is really 
uh, important to consider because sometimes you can have a conversation. Sometimes you can open up that that um, person's mindset. So with that, uh, we are almost getting to the end of our program. Um, time goes by so quickly when I'm sitting with you guys. So I would like to end with each of us saying a closing a statement and we end our conversation for today. A good way to not have a closed mind, and I want to make sure you guys are paying attention, is to ask questions. Alex, that's a little bit pointed at you. That's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> and uh, I think I'd leave listeners with the idea of, um, you know, just, just trying to kind of broaden our perspective. I always like to encourage people when in, in treatment, I always encourage patients to ask the question, you know, how do I see the world? How do I see things? And so it's one of those things we don't question sometimes our views or our thoughts or beliefs. We just go with them. And a lot of times that they can be very influential and powered by our emotions as well. So it, we can't help but get consumed in our life. It's normal. It's okay. But it's also important to try to broaden our perspective and take a step back. And that even includes, again, reflecting on, you know, what are our values? What are our beliefs? What's important to us? How are we seeing things? You know, are we open in that way? And Dr. Rockers, you always ask questions. And even though you put um, ours sometimes uh, on the spot, but I truly like your questioning because that's who you are. You are asking questions all the time. And I like that. I have to actually uh, step on uh, trying to start questioning. Um, but I also want to say at the closing a statement, um, I want to invite everyone to really question everything by questioning, you find out different way of, um, you know, perceptions of people. And by that, you learn more. So I think in life, we have talked about this other times, we are student and a teacher, because we don't know, sometimes we make a statement, how our statement can help someone else. And how can just one statement click and pop someone's uh, mind about something that they were questioning maybe for years? So it is important to pay attention to people. Maybe that's our message. Maybe that's something that we were looking for. And all of a sudden we pop by listening to someone's statement. So it's so important to carefully listen to what people say and also question different things that we see or people share because by that we learn more so with that i want to say have a wonderful saturday night and we come back tomorrow and we continue our conversation <laughs> در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی 
پس از این زاری مکان حوث یاری مکان تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم دل دیوانه باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم بخوابارم دل دیوانه بخوابارم دل دیوانه